What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Friday, January. What the fuck is the date already? I don't even know. What is it? The twenty something? Twenty first? Twenty second? What is it? It's the twentieth. It's January twentieth. Everybody, you're listening to episode number forty seven, and it is a very special episode um, that I have because I am bringing back a guest. For the third time on the Verzi Effect, uh, one of my buddies in comedy, uh, a man who needs no introduction, really. Uh, This guy has been on David Letterman. He is a regular at the table on the Chelsea Lately, at the round table on Chelsea Lately. And uh, he's here. We're going to answer a bunch of your questions. Uh, Joe Matteris. What's hey, up, buddy? Oh, it's really exciting to be here in my own house doing your podcast. That's right. That's right. With the meteor mic. <laughs> the meteor mic. Jo- Joe's upset, everybody, because uh, apparently what happened to 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 Joe Matteris today was he looks like a, a a guy who just lost his puppy. He's he slouched over. He lost his and I got this is a tough one to even say because I just got the iPhone 4s and if I lost it I would be a mess. He lost his iPhone today. Why don't, why don't you? Why don't you tell everybody why you're so down, Joe? Well, it was the 4. It wasn't the 4S. So I didn't have Siri. Is that how you say it? Siri, fuck, yeah. Fuck Siri. I didn't need Siri. I just <laughs> had the straight iPhone. Uh, yeah, man. I uh, took my son to the dentist today. Got two fillings filled. I got to give him props. He did it like a champ. He cried in the hallway. Didn't want to go into the dentist's office. So it tells you your kid's smart because we didn't tell him what happens in the dentist's office. He just kind of figured it out on his own. Right. And has he been there once? They have video games. They got the screens on the ceiling now. <laughs> Don't you wish they had that shit? Oh, my God, yeah. They got, he's like, she's like, what movie do you want? Like, can you imagine that? I would have uh, been watching Rocky when I was getting my teeth filled. <laughs> you would have been, too. You'd be like, you got that, uh, you got got Rocky, that Rocky 2? Yeah, yeah. And you started from the middle. So uh, how, how did you come about losing this phone? So afterward, you know, my son got the laughing gas, and then he got the, the, the fillings filled. And then uh, his, the doctor said, you know, he can only eat soup or, you know, ice cream or something. So we promised him ice cream. So we're driving around. Every ice cream shop in America is closed until 11 a.m. Right. Like, it was like 10.30. Right. We're searching, trying to find this rare ice cream shop that'll be fucking open at 10.30 in the morning on a 22-degree weather day. Like... Who's getting ice cream, right? So we finally see one, and I go, oh, let me go see if it's open. I run out of the car. I run back in. I go, it's open, but no one's in there to give the ice cream, so we can't go. Store's empty. Store's empty. There's no guy. I could have literally grabbed a cup and just started making my own ice cream. (laughs) There's no one in there. So we leave, and then we get like two miles away, and we're about to go into Bloomingdale's to do a return, and I'm like, my iPhone's gone. And this is a sign my medication must work amazingly. Because normally I would have been like, fuck Bloomingdale's. we got to go back right now, now yeah. and see if this phone is on the ground. Yes, this is a newly medicated yes. uh, Joe Matteris. Selects a 20, 20, 10 milligrams. I split 20s in half. <laughs> so, uh, so I go... You buy the pill cutter? I don't. I split them with my fingers. And <laughs> it's very uneven. So you get like the 60-40? I got 80s and 12s. <laughs> That's great. 8s and, tw- and, and 12s. So I literally uh, actually go in and return the Bloomingdale's return, and then we come out and go back, and it's nowhere. And then I call up AT and T, I call up Mac, and they're giving me like you know what you need to do. Did you set up the iCloud? I'm so I don't know if anybody else out there 
has any idea what they're doing with their iPhone. I don't. I don't know what how to set up iCloud. I barely understand um, what my ID is. But it's a, it's, a, it's a locator. They can locate your phone like a LoJack. And uh, I don't even know if I did it right because when I go into that iCloud on the internet, it just says uh, offline. It shows my phone and it says offline. I have a feeling. Oh, okay. that's, I have a feeling that's my old phone, my my three GS that I gave back. So I have a feeling that I'm screwed. And then you go, they, I go, how much is a new iPhone? They're like, it's five hundred and fifty for the eight gig, and I had the sixteen gig. Uh, they go, you can't even get the sixteen gig. This is really boring what I'm talking about. But do you have the sixteen or the eight <laughs> like, or the thirty? He's so upset that he just has to go through it all. Yeah, I was explaining to. <laughs> Paul, I said, if you're a Field of Dreams fan like I am, there's a scene in that movie where Shoeless Joe, played by Ray Liotta, is on the baseball field, and he's hitting balls off of off of uh, Kevin Costner, and he just stops, and he's like, man, I love this game. Getting kicked out of baseball was like having a part of me amputated. <laughs> that's how I feel right now. It's got to be. It's tough. It's tough. I, uh, it's like I lost a loved one. There's only one way to go, man. You got to go into Apple and say you had the insurance. I think that's the only way. Just <laughs> cause know, a stink. It's, it's in there. They messed up. They messed up. They didn't put it in a computer. My wife would kill me if I told her I made up some excuse and went in there and bullshitted. Well, she's gonna she kill you even me. more if you got to pay five hundred fucking dollars, wouldn't she? She's just gonna. She's like, why don't you just get my phone, which was like thirty dollars. She doesn't even have internet on it. Can you imagine having a phone without email on it right well, now? Well, you got to understand, I, I, I just got the iPhone. Like I, I was living a, in the Stone Age. But you had a... I mean, I could have checked if I wanted to, but it would have taken longer. Yeah, but you had a, a uh, BlackBerry. Uh, no, no, I didn't what have a BlackBerry. I had the uh, I had something like the... I had the I had the keyboard and I had the... It was, it was a Verizon phone. Did it get email? Yeah, I got email. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, I got Her it. phone doesn't even have... Uh, what are they... What's it called? Uh... Not, not they don't call it. You have internet. You have. Uh, you're using. I feel like we're playing a game show now. I don't you know even. What I'm talking I, no, about? I don't know. But here's a question. Here's the big question. Okay, the big question is. <laughs> Email are you, Paul if you know the answer to that. <laughs> I know it's an easy one. Well, here's the question: Are you gonna be? You're gonna data, be data, data, data. The data plan. Okay. All right, call. You're gonna be. Even though you're a little sad, you're gonna be a decent guest for the Verzi Effectors, right? I'm gonna slouch, the, the, but you can't tell. Okay, all right, you it's, can't tell. So here, so this is a special. This is a special Verzi effect where what I did was, I do a segment sometimes called "From My Fans" or "From the Fans," whatever. And what they do is they just come in and they talk about. They email me what they want. Either advice. I have a lot of I have a lot of comedian uh, listeners who want advice on you know up and coming comedians or just comedians in general who want to you know talk and find out you know they they heard me say things about coming up in the business, giving some advice. They they ask some questions. Also have non comedian people. Hey, why don't you talk about this? Why don't you talk about that? So what I did today was I dedicated the first part of this. I got about I think six or seven people from all over. Some very uh, loyal listeners. Uh, some people that I know, some people who I haven't heard from, but I put together some stuff here and we're going to have fun with this, okay? So the first one is, and this is from the guy that I call the Montreal Assassin. I gave him that nickname and he loves it. Themlistalkis uh, <laughs> Alexis in Montreal, the gentleman who, oh, yes, the gentleman who invited me and you when we were performing out in Montreal to go to his restaurant. We place. hopped in a cab. Yeah. We hopped in a cab and the guy was like, yeah, it's 30, 38 bucks, it's kind of far. And we were like, all right, well. We'd love to go eat some good food, but that's because we, we actually in a time constraint. All right. Okay. So he, 
uh, asked a question that he wants to do stand-up, and he's been wrestling with doing it, and he said he did it once, okay? Uh, he did it once, and it was disastrous. But he, he says that he feels himself getting pulled towards it. He wants to do it. Here's what his question is. What if he does it and dedicates his time, okay, for a long time and then realizes, you know, man, like I, you know, with, with school and with a real job, like I lost a lot of time. Like he's kind of, he's kind of, I guess, conflicted on like, does he want to waste, is it going to be a waste of time if it's not something that, that works out? Here's what I say to that, okay? I don't know what you would say, Joe. I would say that in this business, I would say... You just gotta let, like, do it, and just let whatever's gonna happen with it. Like, like ninety nine percent of the stuff you do as a comedian is a waste of time, but one percent lands, and that's what keeps you doing it. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, kind of landing every once in a while, you're like, like, you know, that's a good way to say it. It's kind of like golf, where like what the good shot keeps you coming back. Except yeah. it's not that you're bombing all the time. It's just that to grow your career, like one big, one or two big pops a right. year. Yeah. Um, but if you're one of those dudes, it's like I want to get in comedy, and if I don't get Letterman in the first ten months, like there's delusional guys like that. <laughs> no, you know what's funny? Delusional guys who think they do well when they don't. Oh, like they the get worst. like one or two chuckles and they're like, dude, I killed, I destroyed. Yeah, there's those guys too. <laughs> those guys are the. You're like, yeah. I was just in the room. There's like no, <laughs> comedians should never be confident. So it's good that. He kind of has that mindset. Right, but I wouldn't... But the one thing that I would say to him is don't have the mindset of what if this is a waste of time for years. You can't go into it like that. Just keep your job. You're not going to... Don't quit your job. Yeah, what what I would do, I think the best advice to to give you uh, is... Do it like Joe just said. Have a job, have a part-time job, but then do it. Get up when you can get up. Get on stage, work it out, and then if you start to see, holy shit, like this is something that's like really working and I'm starting to get good. But you don't have to, don't throw all your eggs. I wouldn't just give everything up. Yeah, I know guys like that that were like three (laughs) months in and they just moved to LA. A friend of mine did that. That's hilarious. And he's still there. He's still trying. But Guy I, does one I, open mic, he's like, I'm moving my family. Yeah, but I didn't suggest that. I said, dude, move to New York, or not even New York, like move to Boston. Like, I always think Boston's a good place for a guy to kind of I think out. I think if you're not going to do, I agree 100%, if you're not going to do New York or L.A., the first place to go would be Boston. Boston, San Francisco, Boston, or Chicago. Boston, San Francisco, Chicago. I heard some other places, too, like Seattle is really good. And I also, uh, you know, I know some guys... Uh, you know, nah, nah. I would think you're right. I would say there was a couple other places I was thinking because I know people in Ohio, but no. I think Chicago, Boston. Boston's great because Boston, you can hop in the car. You're in New York in three hours. So right. if you could, you could kind of get spots and, and start working it that way. But yeah, yeah so keep the, your day job and just do it for fun and see what happens. Yes. Let's get okay. to the next question. Okay, next question. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Justin Marcus, comedian. Okay. Justin Marcus, comedian from Pittsburgh. I've worked with him. At that shithole, the funny bone, where Jeff Schneider had plastic fucking seats and shitty food, um, and, and couldn't be more negative. But anyway, uh, Justin is a funny, funny young comedian from uh, Pittsburgh, and his question is, his question is, and Joe, uh, this is actually really good for you. This is a great question for you too, okay? Because this fits in both of us. But he was talking about Carnegie Hall. And after I performed at Carnegie Hall, do I feel like I need to keep that momentum? Is it something that, you know, of course I'm not going to get content and say, oh, I did Carnegie Hall. But is it something where after you did that, 
Now, for my listeners that don't know, Joe Matarese, um opened up for many years for Artie Lang uh, from the Howard Stern Show. Um, you know, we all hear good news about Artie now that he's clean and sober still, which is great news. Joe opened for Artie, and uh, he did the Beacon Theater, and he did Carnegie Hall. Uh, so he kind of knows, he knows exactly what I went through um, uh, in November when I opened for Bill Burr there. So that was a very big night for him as well. Um, and I think you have to perform at Carnegie Hall to know the magnitude of that. Because we've, because you've opened for Artie at regular theaters. I've opened for Bill at regular theaters. Carnegie Hall is so separate, and I've talked about it many times. Um, here's what I feel about it. Can I stop really when, quick? What, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Because I also wanted to say, um, I don't know if this is just because I didn't grow up in New York like you did. Yeah. Carnegie Hall, me opening for Artie there was like really cool, but I think you opening for Bill at Carnegie Hall was something like just like monumental and like unbelievable. To, to me, it was it wasn't just another gig, but I have done a million theaters opening for Artie. Right. It was just another one to me. Oh, okay. What made it a little bit bigger is I knew Howard Stern was coming in the crowd, and I was like, oh, Howard Stern likes me. He's going to talk about it. Right, and then he and didn't it, come, and he missed. He came late and missed my whole set. But the whole time I was on, I thought Howard Stern was in the crowd, so I was really nervous for no reason. Oh, okay. Well, you know it's funny when I did uh, Carnegie, I thought the whole world was going to be there, and you know what? There was a top person from, uh, he, one of the biggest agent in the country was there, which was awesome, and told me I did great, uh, and like said some really that? cool things to me. Uh, there's, I don't want to throw people's names and say, but you know, the, uh, the big guy was there. I t- I t- I t- yeah, the big agent guy. Or no, no, well, the the agent. There was a, there was a gigantic agent there, and a big head of Comedy Central was there and said some nice things to me. But like other people from like networks that I thought would be there weren't there. But um, it's just it, listen. It, it's one of those things where I felt this when I was done that show. I showed up to comedy clubs afterwards, and people were saying congratulations on Carnegie. But I knew when I got on stage that night, they all came like they were watching. So I felt, and I still feel like, oh, you know, this guy's opening for Bill Burr. Bill put him on the Carnegie show. Let's see. And I felt that. But I'm almost at the point where <laughs> the Carnegie nerves and building up to Carnegie was so intense that nothing, like I, after I did Carnegie, I did, a, I did an audition for a show, for a festival, and I could give a fuck what they thought of me. Like it was just because I was just, so now I just go and do my thing and I'm like, listen, uh, I believe in me and that's what it, so to answer your question, uh, Justin, I didn't get content. And 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 Joe, you were at a a higher level in your career than uh, than than I than I was when I did you know my Carnegie thing. Uh, you were you've done a lot of things since, and you did Letterman before that, right? Uh, I think so. I think I did do Letterman before Carnegie. Yeah, you did Letterman before Carnegie, so you had so that was like you had that was unnervings. You had that going on, but uh, yeah. I feel like you know what it is. Com- comedians are never content. Like you could kill Carnegie, but then the next thing is, all right, I want to be on the, I want to headline it. Well, my thing is, is I didn't kill at Carnegie. Opening for Bill Burr is different than opening for Artie. Oh, tell, Lang. tell, tell my listeners what you said to what happened at Carnegie. This well, is a great yeah, story. There's like five people, like twenty rows back, just yelling Artie's name. Uh, you know, from in my first two or three, four minutes of my set, I just got Artie. Bring Artie on! Like that's like <laughs> bring Artie on! You're like, <laughs> like as a comedian, it's like. Really? Two jokes in? You already want the last guy? Like, there's two more guys after me before Artie comes on. <laughs> yeah, let's, know, just, let's just skip those two, too. Yeah, yeah. Just get right to the... Now, who, who else was on the show with you? Jim Florentine went after me, and then Nick DiPaolo, and then Artie Lang. That's a great show. Yeah, Artie would overstack his shows. To me, <laughs> if I was a big, famous headliner, 
One guy doing 20 Do fi- Doing five. 20. <laughs> One right, guy doing- funny guy doing 20, and that's it. Well, yeah. Not three guys, you know. He would just, but he, you know, he'd be like, Joe, do seven. Jim, do ten. Yeah, Nick yeah. do 20. That's a that's good friend, though. That's a good friend, you know, to, to, to do that. But yeah. So what did you say to them when they were yelling it out? Oh, so I, I go, I go, my mom and dad are here. Shut the fuck up, you cunt. <laughs> and then that's Artie awesome. thought it was hilarious. And I told Artie, like, later, I go, that wasn't even a woman. I called a guy a cunt. <laughs> and Artie's like, that's even funnier. That's hilarious. That's great. That's great. So when you were done that, though, like, when you did that, like, did you feel like... Let me let me ask See, you. So, I'm saying what yours is different. You walked off knowing you killed. No no no. But let's go. No no no. But get get into Justin's question. Uh-huh. Let's go, even say Letterman. Okay. Let's say Letterman, C- Carnegie. Uh-huh. Anything that is just a big kind of accomplishment under well, your belt as a comedian. After that. Well, it's funny. Did you see the movie with Will Smith, Pursuit of Happiness? Yeah. Remember, he's you just love you love going yes. to movies. But you know, he like was trying to uh, make that uh, that firm the whole movie. Yeah, the whole uh, fir- Dean Witter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was trying to make it, trying to make it, trying to make it, and then at the end of his whole free trial working there, they say they call him in and he cries. He, they call him in, he starts to almost cry, and they say, "Come back tomorrow for your first day." Yeah, and he go he gets really happy, and then you hear a voiceover. And he's like kind of excited and he's walking down the street quietly, like kind of pumping his fist. And he goes, this is a rare moment for me, but this is, this is happiness. Like he's happy. Yeah. Now that's something that I struggle with is when I get Letterman, when I get Carnegie Hall, when I get whatever I get, (laughs) there's a second and a half of happiness and it used to go right to worry. Like (laughs) I don't, uh. Yeah. You have more of a happy-go-lucky personality where I don't. Well, I mean, no, what I said was I want to sustain it. I want to sustain it now. I want to validate it. So now I want to keep writing and keep getting better. I look at it as like, oh, man, I'm going to really, you know. But I instantly feel that way. You give me Letterman, I do it. I come off stage and I'm like, I want to do 10 more Lettermans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like instantly. I'm not yeah. like, yeah, that went great. No. Ooh, good for me. Let's go celebrate. You see no. me? Yeah, see me? I could take the day or two. But then, but then when I go out again, you know, so, uh, yeah, man, you just got to keep it going. I think, I think, uh, you can never be content. So to answer the question, you feel like you want to kill always, but it was so unnerving that I don't it, Nothing else fazed me, you know, nothing else fazed me. If some young comedian or even older comedian, I, I had some really experienced older comedians say, Oh, I heard you're doing well. And then watch me. And I'm like, I'm, all, all you could do is what you do on stage. Fuck everybody else. You know, I used to be afraid when like Chris Rock or like if a guy like that would walk in. Now I'm kind of like, man, I think you might like that bit on it, you know? Right. That's 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 what it is. So you just got to keep uh, keep going. Uh, okay, next question. All right, what, so we got what was Mon- that guy's name? That was uh, Justin Marcus. Justin Marcus, comedian from a uh, funny comedian from Pittsburgh. All right. Uh, you know, one of these, you know, he's he's one of these like he's a sarcastic. You got to leave Pittsburgh, Justin. I told, dude. Go I fuck out of Pittsburgh, dude. I told we him. We got a big gig on did, Tuesday in Oil City. I t- <laughs> no, you know the funny thing is I <clears throat> sometimes I, I I am with Justin sometimes you know and you know and he'll be like hey what's going on I'll go hey and he'll just talk and I go dude you gotta get out of Pittsburgh <laughs> like it's it's New York or L A you just gotta get the fuck out of there like like Chris Rock said doesn't matter if you're the funniest guy in Detroit you gotta eventually you gotta move yeah um, Pittsburgh stinks. so we got Montreal out of the way we got uh, <laughs> I was just calling Justin a sarcastic prick I know he's laughing right now uh, funny kid though. Uh, Joe Massey, 
I like this guy. This is a comedian, young comedian from New York. Uh, I like this guy, man. He, this is what this kid did. One time I was working at CB's, right? I always talk about this uh, with uh, with Joe. And he emailed me and said, say this, talk about this, and we will. Um, I, I left CB's and I wanted to get up again. So I walked towards the lantern, the village lantern. And I was like, who runs that show? And he goes, I do. And I go, listen, dude, is there any way that I could, I could maybe get up? And like I started saying things that I do. I was like, ah, hey, man, you know, I... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm opening for Bill Burr, Carnegie Hall. Like, I'm trying to, like... And he was like, no, I'll put you up. And he didn't even care. Like, he was just so cool enough to put me up. So I really liked him. So he said, let's talk about Tim Tebow, his toughness, ability, and future. And I'll say this. The Tim Tebow craze kind of came to a halt when they got the shit kicked out of them by the New England Patriots. Like, you know, the funny thing is they did a whole piece on, like... It was just kind of... It was it was funny. It wasn't funny, but like this guy goes to kids' hospitals when kids are dying before the game. Like he he flies a sick family member and their whole fam a sick person and their whole family to a Broncos game, hangs with them before, gives them a gift bag, sends them in the best hotel, like the limo. Okay, dying kids. He does his, hangs with them before taking the field. Then win or lose. Okay, goes back and hangs with them again at night, and then he does it the next day with somebody else. Like this guy is the closest thing to a fucking saint. That you know, the funny thing is, only in America will people be like, ah, fuck him, building hospitals for kids, pussy. I'm, I'm sick of him. But the fact that they show this great special about him and write this great article, <laughs> they just get the shit kicked out of them. Well, we never talked about. It. You're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, so your your football season ended shortly. <laughs> Uh, but but what was your take on the whole Tebow thing? Did you watch any of Tim Tebow play at all? Well, I watched the I watched the Patriots game. Yeah, that's but that's it. You didn't watch like any of those like miraculous like you didn't watch that overtime throw against I saw the that Steelers game the week before, the, the week before when against they beat the Steelers when I they beat the Steelers. But I'm not an insane sports fan where I watched a lot of Tebow. Like I knew what was going on. I saw the Saturday Night Live sketch, which was hilarious. I don't know if you saw it. Oh my god! No, not the Where, Saturday Night Live sketch. Oh no! Did, oh no! But what about Jimmy Fallon doing T Bowie? I never saw that. Oh my god! He does David. Bo- oh, you gotta! It's oh, ridiculous. Okay. The Saturday Night Live sketch is hilarious. Where Jesus comes into the locker. Oh yeah, room. no, but this was this is like this, this is was better. like one of the most. Br- oh my god! T Bowie. T Bowie. He goes, Jesus Christ, and Tim T Bowie. He goes, please leave me alone. It's- it is it is unbelievable. It is vintage Fallon, and he nailed it. It's unbelievable. You got it. You got to see it. Uh, anyway, this is what I think about Tim Tebow. I think he's one of those special individuals with a lot of ability. I think they love to watch him lead. He's a leader. Unfortunately, I just don't think Tim Tebow has the tools to be a really good pocket NFL passer. I think he can obviously make throws. I got. I got to a huge argument with Bill Burr about it. When they beat the Steelers, I was like, it's legit. Like, I wanted to believe so bad. And, you know, Burr just, just oh, he killed me. You're better than that. What are you kidding me? They're the, you know, the Steelers are, 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 you know, aren't healthy, and he's throwing a single coverage because, you know, all kinds of stuff. And he's like, listen, the guy had a good game, but here's the thing. Tim Tebow can maybe play another position in the NFL, but unless he really learns in the offseason how to stand in the pocket and throw, he's not. He can't do it. Right. You know, I, I think he's got a bright future in the NFL because I think he'll do something somewhere. Um, listen, I don't, but he's the type of guy, he's so special that he may be able to learn it, but right now, it's only going to go on so much. You can't, you can't play a really good team and, and, and run the wishbone or, or the option every play. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm rooting for him because he's a good guy and, uh, 
it was fun to watch. And, you know, it gave people hope, man. Like, you know, it was funny. Like, I was, some people were like, hey, man, I got this Tebow mania. I'm watching the game. People that never watched football before. That's what this guy did. Like, people that were just like, man, this is a good dude. Like, you know. Well, every player should go do stuff like that. It's funny that. Well, you know, somebody was like, you know, Tim Tebow's getting all the attention, but Troy Palomalu on the Pittsburgh Steelers is uh-huh. more religious. Uh, Troy Palomalu well, is, is an orthodox. He's like an orthodox. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be religion, but like that's what I think it's because he's so out in the open with his praying oh, okay. and right. slapping the grass and pointing up to the thing with everything that like it, it all goes on him, which is a little annoying. That's right. one thing that's a little annoying. You know, and I always said like it doesn't, Jesus doesn't not like the other team. And he even says that, though. He's like, you know. You know what's funny, though? He goes, yeah, I don't want this attention. They brought it to me. But it's like, you're praying in the end zone every game, like, by yourself. Like, you're going <laughs> to get attention. You're wearing rosary beads in the huddle. <laughs> you elevated. All right. Um, then Joe said, also talk about uh, the SOPA. You know what that is? No. That, uh, <laughs> that's great. So, I'm having a very hard time. I guess I, I no, caring about anything right now. I'm my phone's laying somewhere, but go ahead. That's go ahead. hilarious. I no, can't this, stop thinking about it. I'll be honest. That, that right is, here in the middle of the podcast. That is so. Get my mind off my stupid iPhone. Right. SOPA. The SOPA is like a is like a, a an act that they're trying to. It's gonna knock out like like basically you can't watch porn any like it's gonna just like any online thing. Like, it's just a privacy act of, like, online, I guess. They're just basically trying to... But it's not going to... I don't think it's going to go through. But that's for the next question, because the next question is basically politics and that. So, uh, uh, that's your Tebow thing, uh, Joe. Thanks for the question. Good seeing you uh, you the other night, buddy. Uh, Mike Mancini. This guy, I used to live... His parents used to be uh, my family's landlord in Westchester when I went to elementary school. They lived upstairs from us. He's from New York, and he says, talk about politics and the SOPA. Uh, here's the thing. we I, Apparently, me and Joe don't know enough about the SOPA. We just know that it's something that can, like, fuck people when it comes to, you know, looking at shit on the computer. But what do you think about this politics, Joe, uh, about everything going on in the— uh, in? Have you watched any of the re- Republican debate? No. You know what's pretty cool, though? I'll say this. Say what you will about Newt Gingrich— Okay, he did what he did to that uh, CNN. Uh, uh, what's it called? What do they call the debate person? The moderator? I don't know. The moderator. You know the moderator, right? The person yeah, that yeah, says. I know what you mean. I, I saw this. Newt Gingrich's wife said his ex-wife said he approached me. She's trying to kill him. She's trying to kill his campaign. Mm-hmm. Just trying to end him being president. So she goes to CNN. See, this is sometimes women, dude. I'm not trying to listen to the women listeners out there. I'm not trying to be like mean or sexist here. But like, I don't know if a dude would go that like, I think a woman has more like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin that person than a man does. Like, I I really do think that a woman has more of that, like really take it to the, you know, take it to the, like, take it to the limit, you know, his ex-wife who he was with for years goes to CNN, sits down with them. Gives an interview and says, Newt approached me and said, I think we should have an open marriage where he can kind of do what he wants on the side. And she goes, that's not a marriage. And he goes, well, the girl I'm with, she doesn't care what I do. Like, that was his argument. Uh-huh. It was like, um, she's cool with it. So the, the, the uh, what is it called? The debate moderator opens the debate last night. I saw this. I saw this. And I thought this was awesome. And he goes... Newt, there's been some reports, you know, your ex-wife has said some things that you've approached her with. Uh, would you like to discuss this? And he goes, no. 
but I will. And the place just goes nuts. And he goes, I actually think it's despicable that you and CNN would open a debate with something like this. He goes, I have daughters that were trying to call up or trying to write to you guys saying, please don't bring this up. And, and you guys, he goes, I think it's absolutely despicable during a presidential. And he just like did it. And then it gets even better. Then the guy goes, well, you know, it's not just us, other, other people. He goes, John, don't try to get out of it. CNN was the first, you guys opened, this is a CNN debate. You opened it. Don't try to get out of it. And just like wrecked them. And it was so nice to see because all this politics, it was great, dude. Just all these epic. Epic. All these politicians, man. I don't know. All these politicians. It's just amazing. You run for president. They find shit. They just. Oh my god. They're like you jerked off in a bathroom in senior year in high school. What do you have to say to that guy? Just like, you know. You did a whip I, it you off know. of the toilet seat. Eleventh <laughs> grade. With Steve. Uh, we have here that an ex girlfriend. Eleven dollars for a whip it. You said a whip it. That's hilarious. That's what they were called. Uh, what are they called now? I don't. You know what a whip it is? <laughs> yeah, just the way. <laughs> just like you, the way you landed it I was got good. Nitrous on my mind. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, so Obama's not going to get reelected. No, no president in history has ever had the economy be this bad and have numbers drop the way he hasn't been reelected in history. So uh, I'm thinking the next president is gonna... the economy worse. With Obama than it was with Bush. The, the economy is it's so worse. the economy like we're on, I think we're on uh, correct me if I'm wrong listeners uh, you could you could email me but I think we're on like the brink of like like this is like like really like the worst in like forty years like this is really uh, we're in some the economy is bad dude foreclosures in Westchester you live in Westchester yeah I know it's bad I'm wondering uh, if it was worse now than it was oh yeah I think Bush I, was oh, oh yeah 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 it definitely is because you know they were they were. I know people in 2011 that sell houses that said it was one of their best years. And I'm like, how is that possible? Where? Not New York? Yeah. In New York? Yeah. There was an article in the New York Times this past week. This one real estate agent. Best year he's... Or he or she has had. This is such a perfect, and you and we didn't business. we didn't even do this on purpose. I swear to God, we didn't even do this on purpose. This is how the flow is showing right now. Uh, Chris Italia, the show is flowing. <laughs> the, the show is. <laughs> what did I say? How the flow is. Showing. How the flow is showing. Uh, yeah, so basically on politics, I think Romney's going to be the next president, and I really they are all lying pieces of shit, and that's it. Uh, anyway, Chris Italia, our manager said talk real estate why because he knew that we were going to be talking about issues on the podcast and oh, okay. he wanted to participate okay so real estate he's probably busting your balls because i just talked real estate on my podcast and he said no one wants to hear it he's probably fucking. is with that you. what he said i bet he's fucking with you that's great well just be, if he is we're gonna give it to him <laughs> he's it, fucking with you why well, he made fun of you for talking real estate yeah you know him he got real negative. He tweeted me saying, oh, that sounds so interesting. And I know he was being sarcastic. Chris Italia, who I call Mr. Pleasant. Did I tell you that that's his nickname? <laughs> no. Our manager, Chris Italia, man, he's unbelievable. He's like Newman. He's, he's just, uh, he's so, but he's a great dude. Um, no, but I want to talk about real estate for a second. Um, Stacy and I want to move. We want to definitely move. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know... I like the condo we live in. It's nice. It's new. We redid everything. Kitchen. Everything is nice. It's just the problem with living in a condo is, um, like last night is a perfect example. They had the meeting to reelect the president of the blah, 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 who takes care of this. And it's like, I didn't move here for that. 
I don't give a shit who's in charge of garbage and who's in charge of the, the, the flowers. And it's like they get very, there's like wars. Did you see what she did? Don't vote for her. And like people like knock on the door and plead for votes. That's one thing I don't like about it. You don't have to deal with that because you, you live here in this house. Um, I want to buy a house. Uh, right now they say it's a buyer's market, but then you don't get what you, you can't get. We can't get what we want. You can't get a loan. Like we could, we could sell the house from probably you know make whatever a little bit of money, but not enough to like where we want the house we want to get into. Right. You know what I mean? It's just so whoever's telling you that it's easy to do is is. Who or, said it's easy? No, you said you, your buddy's selling houses and it's and it's, he had a great year. It wasn't my buddy. It was in the New York Times. Oh, so then you don't know if that's just a bullshit. This person had a good year, but they kind of had some sort of method. You know, that they used to buy foreclosures. Yeah, what's it called? Just, lying? I don't know what it was, but they, <laughs> they had a great year. They sold a lot of properties somehow. I don't know how they pulled it off. You know, know what we should do? You know what we should do just to fuck with Chris Italia? Talk about this for like another hour, just about property and acres. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, and you were trying to move, right? Yeah, our house is for sale. Then you see the for sale sign. Joe Matarese, who, like me, is having a uh, another child. Uh, when is the baby due? Uh, and March 29th. March 29th. Okay, that's that's uh. Two months away. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, my uh, my daughter will be here. Uh, I think first week of April. You probably have a name picked out. No, last else. last week in April. Yeah, we do have a name. I don't we, know. We, 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 I'm not going to tell you. No, I've said it a million times on the you on have? the on the podcast. Oh, yeah, you her name's told Sophia. me it. Already. Yeah, Sophia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, such an Italian name. So Sophia. Lucas and then a Sophia. Lucas and one so- Guido name. Is that all you were allowed? Uh, Lucas name. isn't. Lucas isn't. Really. That's what I'm saying. No, but actually, if you look it up, Lucas is Italian. But it's is not. It? But it's not. You know, it's not like yeah. But uh, Sophia is not. Did you want like a really Italian name? No, Lucas? no, neither of us did. You didn't want. No, like, I didn't want like you know. Francesco. Angelo. <laughs> Here's the funniest names. There's a name your kid Francesco. Uh, (laughs) How Italian do you need to be? What's the most What's the most Italian name you've ever heard? Giovanni is a pretty Italian. (laughs) I knew a guy Giovanni that fucking Giovanni. My girlfriend when I went away to spring break. I was pretty sure he did. I mean, how did he not get laid when his name's Giovanni? (laughs) All you gotta do if your name is Giovanni is just wear a nice like jacket, like a nice sport coat with a button. Just go. All you gotta do. This is what you do if your name's Giovanni. You go to the Borgata. You got a sport coat, a button down, open a little bit, and a little scent of cologne. You buy a girl a drink, and she says, "What's your name?" He goes, "I'm Giovanni." They like to tell their girlfriends, oh my God, I'm going with me, Giovanni bought me a drink. Well, you know what's funny is my girlfriend in high school loved Guido guys. Uh, so I was like a little bit of a Guido, but this guy went <laughs> so much further with the Guido. So like, like normally as an adult, like you would want, you probably want me more than this other guy because I'm like, you know, normal. Like this guy's nose was fucking huge. Like all the bad things about Italians, he had more of, you know? <laughs> He wore like the white satin jacket with the Italy boot on the back, with like a nose out to the what? fucking wall. What's the What's the guy's name who just crashed this cruise ship? Francesco uh, Schettino. Schettino. Yeah, yeah, Francesco Schettino, who was showing up. That guy's name is just oh my god, it's hilarious. No, I don't want a name like that. You can't have that. Or you could have one. Like we wanted to go old. Like we wanted to like. They say like if you have like four or five kids, 
one should be like the like the the nutty name, like the outside the box name. Mm-hmm. Just a fun weird name. Just not even weird, just diff like one, like you know what I mean. So and <laughs> Stacy, my wife, we were agreeing like, all right, if we had like a couple, like there was a couple of like, you know, cool ones. Yeah, uh, like Jack Rose, and then like fucking uh, Rumor. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, two normal names and a fucking... Well, Jay-Z and Beyonce just named their daughter Blue Ivy Carter. Blue Ivy? Blue Ivy's her name. How do you name a kid Blue Ivy? That's uh, terrible. They named her Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. Yeah, it's... it's what, what I don't understand, you know? Whatever happened to Jennifer? <laughs> <laughs> you know? My wife has a nice name, Stacy. It's a nice name. Your wife, Stephanie. It's Blue Ivy. Uh, all right. All right, so uh, that was it with Chris. I don't know if we were born. Uh, oh, this one's hilarious. This one I really want to talk about. Fucking freezing. This this one I definitely definitely got to talk about. Uh, Susie Martin. Susie Martin. Her name is actually Suzanne Martin. She got she got married and stuff, but she was my friend Kevin Martin's sister in high school, and uh, she want she said talk about Bigfoot, because you know that show Finding Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Susie is in Virginia. Thanks, uh, thanks, Susie, for for sending this in. This I when when I saw this, I really wanted to talk about it because I just find this so fucking hilarious. Uh, I don't want to be cursing. Is your wife here? Doesn't matter. Oh, um, Finding Bigfoot is a show on Animal Planet. Do you watch this? No. Okay, Finding Bigfoot is a real show that just got another season on Animal Planet, where these five people go to Oregon, nor every sighting where there was Bigfoot. And they really talk to the camera as if they're gonna find it this episode. Like they're like they're like, We have we have word, he's been here, he's making noises, we're gonna camp out, and they're like whispering, you know, they're like, Look at this print, look at this footprint, it's like a puddle. Like it's just it's so unbelievable that these people got a show. Like, how did that pitch meeting go? How did, how, how many great show ideas don't get picked up? <laughs> and these people just go and add on plateau guy, look, we're gonna walk around the woods. We're gonna walk around the woods. We're gonna find Bigfoot in Oregon. I'm telling you, we we, we have a good word. Is it like Blair Witch. No, it's just like they they're like you know they get the infrared goggles and you see it all green, and then they'll be like, all right, we're gonna make a noise, be quiet. And one will just make like the Bigfoot like call, but like, like they'll do something like like this whole thing, and then all of a sudden you wait, and then like in the distance you'll hear something, and they go. That's a squash. That sounds like a squash. And like they're really, and then all of a sudden like it builds up to music and then goes to commercial. Right? You come back from commercial and they're like, look at these prints. <laughs> look at these prints on the bark. That is not, that is a hand of something over eight feet. And it, it looks like birds pecked at it. Like it's just, it's the most ridiculous. There's, there's people here. And Joe, you know you've been in comedy for forever. You know how many people have great ideas, show ideas. These people got another season. These people are getting paid. They're walking around the woods. Is the show good? I mean, no, but the thing is, I got into it. Here's the thing. I got into it at the beginning because they were like, they fooled me. They were like, yo, they're in Oregon. They showed like this guy's footage on a boat where they saw something. Like, we're going to go here tonight. See, that's how they sold the show. Yeah, but no, no, no. But yeah, but then now, like, it's the same every time. somebody else believe. No, it has to be, no, but it has to be canceled. What did you say in the meeting? What did you say? What did they say in the meeting? They just, what you just said. I'm selling the show right now. This thing is alive. Look, maybe they had some sort of almost fucking proof. No, but they got no, you know, and somebody made a good point. Somebody goes, if they find Bigfoot, it's going to be such international news that they're not going to wait for the show to air that episode. Did you ever hear hear Mitch Hedberg's joke about Bigfoot? No, what was it? (laughs) 
Because did you ever think maybe Bigfoot is just blurry? <laughs> He's blurry. Did you say Todd Glass was doing Mitch Hedberg jokes as Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was fucking hilarious. This guy, but here's the thing about Bigfoot. I thought Bigfoot was real for a second because I watched this thing on the History Channel. And you know that thing from the 60s where it walks by like this? You've seen that footage of, like, the, the, the classic footage of it walking I've by? I've always seen the classic blurry picture. I remember that. Was there uh, a video, video where it's blurry? Um, I guess there was. No, but, yeah, but it walked so by. No, no, no. No, but, but the History Channel had actual footage of that guy walking, of the, that Bigfoot, the, the big thing walking by. You know, the like the walking and turning, where right. the blurry photo that you saw. Right. The History Channel showed, like, a quick thing of it walking by. Uh-huh. And they said, back then in the 60s, there's no way... Like, no costume store. There's no way that the hair... No, seriously. <laughs> no costumes. <laughs> they said that there's no way the hair could have swayed the way that it did. Like, experts, right? <laughs> so, so I'm on, like... So I'm I'm up in Vermont watching this. Where does Stacey... Bigfoot, Bigfoot is supposed to be in Oregon? Like, 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 in the woods of places like, you know, a lot of places in, like, yeah, Washington State. And, and, like, a lot of people have seen him in but certain... But not here on the no, East certain, Coast. Certain, no, but people have seen him. Like, a lot of people say sightings in North Carolina. Is really big in the mountains and stuff, but so he went from North Carolina all the way. No, they're, to they're saying that those are like the hot zones of where people saw him. Like this one cop, though, this cop in North Carolina said he saw this. I'm not even kidding. He goes, he saw this man-faced nine-foot thing run by, and it freaked him out. And his whole life, he's been so. <laughs> so, no, this, Susie, this is why this is such a great topic. This is this is a great question. It's Bigfoot's a great. It's a great, great. thing. Oh, Bigfoot's epic. But here's the thing, okay. They were like, so I'm, I'm on two bottles of wine in Vermont with Stacy's stepfather. And I'm going, dude, if the hair didn't sway like that, if they didn't have costumes like that, dude, what was that? Like, I start getting, I start getting, you know, I'm, I'm like, this this could have, this might be, so we're into this show. I'm like, dude, Bigfoot is out there. Like, I start searching it online. It was ridiculous. It was just the silliest thing. So I got into the show. I'm like, yes, this it's, people are starting to see. Now I'm sick of it. Every week, it's the same. It's the same every week. Of course it it's is. the same. But you know why? Because there is no Bigfoot. Yeah, but dude, some of these people are like, I saw it. Like reasonable people. My wife probably believes in Bigfoot. She just walked by. She believes in ghosts, all that stuff. Well, ghosts are definitely real, and and, and UFOs, all and that stuff Bigfoot. is real. But here's the thing: why don't they find? The greatest question is, how come they don't find bones? That's the question. And they asked it. Oh, listen to this. They asked it on the Bigfoot show, Finding Bigfoot. What? Did they, is it, did they? Has it heard anything? What do you mean? Has it hurt? Bigfoot? Does it ever kill? No, anybody? I'm saying when when the Bigfoots they can't live forever. They gotta die. Oh, there's more than one. I thought Bigfoot. You just said Bigfoot. No, that's like big no, feet. Is no, Bigfoot correct? what are you talking about? There's not one Bigfoot that travels. I don't know. That. No, no. There's B- ma- I didn't know there was many. Yeah. I said Bigfoot. Bigfoot's like an actual. Yeah, uh, Joe. Bigfoot's not hopping on a plane going to Oregon from North Carolina. So you're saying it's like a. Uh, it's a species. It's a species. It's a species. Like a. Like a yeah, what did like you think? There was one. Yeah, absolutely, that's what this is about. What do you know. think? I thought there was one. I really did. That, that is. Are you serious? Big, someone saw Bigfoot, and no. it was this one thing. No, that the people are saying saw. that this whole Sasquatch thing, whatever it is, is a species. Oh, I never that's knew that's that. all over the country. I didn't but they're they're Bigfoot. they're like they come out at weird times. They, they come out at bit like certain times like people leave food and then they see the food ripped up like a lot of people they, they find mutilated deer and they think like it because it looks like the deer was ripped apart they think it's Bigfoot that is so hilarious that you actually thought Bigfoot was one dude 
That's it's just been living. That's been living well, for a hundred years. No, I didn't mean a hundred years. I thought Bigfoot was in the past. I didn't know people recently thought they. No, this lady in Florida said she saw it on her deck, and then she called these people in, and there was like a handprint of a giant on the thing trying to pull it open. She heard groaning and moaning and yelling because these things like make these like crazy animalistic beast noises, um, and that people swear they saw it, dude. What, what would you face. do? What would you do? It has a human face. No, it doesn't have like a... Hu- it's just like a... It's not like a full... Gor- like it's like a... It's like an almost gorilla. It's like an almost gorilla. It's kind of got... I, I, you know, I guess from the descriptions, it's like the Harry and the Hendersons. Okay. Remember Harry and the Hendersons? Like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Just like a gigantic, anywhere from eight to ten foot tall, fur, hairy thing that like, kind of uh, has a... Like a kind of has like a gorilla face or, or like a monkey. A, what's it? Star Wars, uh, a Chewbacca, Chewbacca, like a Chewbacca. What would you do, seriously? Because you, you would be, it would be hilarious knowing you, because how how anxious you get. What would you do? You and your buddy are driving into the woods or driving to go camping, and you just saw a nine foot hairy beast just stare at the car, and you knew right then and there that Bigfoot does exist. I'd be like that Eddie Murphy bit where he talks about how white people stay in the haunted house and black people here are like, get out of there. All right, get the book out of here. Like, I would be so gone if I saw a fucking Bigfoot. I just can't believe that after season one, the, the executives at the network weren't like, all right, look, we need a little more. Like, we need, you know. Then what they did in this one episode is they got I'm the whole town. No, then what they did is they got in this one episode, they got the whole town to come out. They got the whole town to come out, and they go, we're searching till we find something. And there's like 200 people, kids, young people, and they gave them all whistles, right? So everybody's just going through the woods with whistles. They go, when you see something, you so of course in an episode right before a commercial, you hear like, you know, the whistle blow. What's that? And they all run to it. Goes to commercial. Of course I'm staying. Of course I'm staying. How am I not going to stay? Like watching Gilligan's Island. Yeah, how am I not going to... Yeah, yeah d- that's... Yeah, so how am I not... So all of a sudden they come back to commercial. The guy blew a whistle. And they see like a stick moved with like this little puddle. And they're like, "That's that's got to be... That's got to be a Bigfoot. And the guy is talking going, I know it's real. I know it's real. Then they go to like ancient chief Indians and they say that they saw it. So that's what the show is. What's the show called? It's called Finding Bigfoot. Good title. Like it. Finding big. That's how they sold it. Yeah, no, I'm you. telling you, but th- this is why I got upset. Give it five episodes and tell me if you go back after five, because after a while you need more. You need more. All right, you get sick because you're like, oh, I don't think they're ever finding this thing. I'm like if, watching. Right, and when I said they don't, somebody asked and I had to take a right. shower and I'd be like, I watch it. I just sounded it town. That'd be like I watch it. It'd be like <laughs> watching uh, American Idol and every singer sucked, and there was never that great one. The reason you watch American Idol. Just for the fun, bad ones. Is that there's some bad, but occasionally there's somebody so good you get the chills. You know what I mean? There was a guy last night on American Idol. Holy shit, dude. He was unbelievable. Yeah. This guy was playing the guitar and singing like I'd never seen. He was unbelievable. Like, Maybe it's me, but all, all these singing and the voice, all, all these singing and the voice on American Idol just don't impress me. Like, I think, like, if you get, like, ten people in a room, like, a few of them could, like, really probably sing. Like, I, you can't do that with comedy. Maybe I'm being biased. Um, no, you can't do comedy standing in a room and you go, "Oh my god, this guy's unbelievable." <laughs> yeah. No, but you call some. Yeah, she I guess. Could. I guess you could. Uh, all right, uh, Susie, thank you for for the Bigfoot uh, for for the Bigfoot uh, 
you know, topic for what us. What was their to actual talk question? Just talk about. No, I said, I said, I said, you know, what any topics, and, and I guess I made some comments about how the Bigfoot show is ridiculous, and like, how long uh, are they going to keep it on the air? And what did she so say? she just said, I said, you know, topics, and she said Bigfoot, and it's, it was, it was killer. She wanted more. Bigfoot. It was killer. Yeah. So it was, it was I good. Uh, so the last question now comes from. I need more Bigfoot. The the last. Uh, oh, that's the, that's. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's uh, I need more cowbell. Yeah. 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 I need more Bigfoot. Uh, okay, this one is Katrina Spears in London. Originally, if I got it right, uh, originally from Illinois, she's in London. And she says that my female listeners would like to hear this. Why don't I talk about being why a single... Why don't we talk about... female listener. Well, yeah, her. <laughs> her. Her. Yeah, uh, your female listener. She said your female listeners will love you. and uh, But I said I was going to talk about it, so... She said, why don't you talk about being a single, a, a broke, or what it must be like to be a broke single parent. I don't know if she's talking about herself. A broke single mother, uh, you know, who's trying to keep up a house, but, you know, it's hard to do. And, uh, you know, it's just really, you know, it's, it's a really tough thing to do to keep a clean house, raise a kid, be a mother by yourself. Um, I don't know what that's like because I, uh, well, I could say this. My parents got divorced. I don't know. About your parents are together. My parents were divorced when I was five years old, and my older brother and I lived with my mother. And I remember one apartment we lived in was a single bedroom apartment. My mom literally slept on the floor in the living room and gave me and my brother the big room. And to us, it was huge because we had this big like living room and we had this like gigantic bedroom. But then after that, it was just a kitchen, and my mom slept on the floor. Uh, and it was just one of those things where I was too young to really understand that like what my mom was going through. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Listen, my, I give credit to anybody. You have a son and one on the way. I have a son and a daughter on the way. I couldn't imagine. Like, I could not imagine having to do everything in my life, my career, keep a clean, like, keep my house clean, raise, like, take the kids out and do it alone. Like, that's, you know, for however hard people think they got it, dude. Like, you know, that's, I mean, could you imagine if no. it was just you? No. That's one of the hardest things ever. I always tell people when you have a kid that going to work becomes going on vacation. Like, the easiest thing to do is go to work once you have a kid. You know what I mean? Uh, I remember one time you would... You it's told not even me, work. I remember one time you told me you had your son for the first week alone, remember? You were like, I have my son for a whole week alone for, like, the first time, and you were freaked. And he wasn't even young, probably. Yeah. He, he wasn't even young then. I mean, it was like, he was talking and everything. So I couldn't imagine, <laughs> like, going food shopping. No. The hardest thing ever with, like, a couple of kids. Three oh my kids or something, and they're young, and you got to get back to the house and put all the food away. I get just going fucking crazy, and you have no one you have, to help you. Oh my god! Feed them. Oh my god! And then go to your job too. Oh my god! I took my son to the supermarket one day, and I was like, "This is I can't do. This is the most work." Oh, you've never you don't do that? No, like I took him to the supermarket alone. Stacy was uh, Stacy was doing. I don't know if she I was. I do a, it myself every week almost with Luke. I I go to the supermarket with him almost once a week alone, but like it'll be just for quick stuff. But like when he when you're in there for a while or have to go to two stores, he doesn't want to sit in a the cart. Then he wants to sit in a the cart. Then he runs to something. Then if you put him down, he starts sprinting. You know, so it's just unbelievable the oh, yeah. the amount when of they energy. They take off in the supermarket. Oh my it's god! It's amazing how quick they can become invisible. You're like, go on. No, but how about how like happy to sad when you don't get him the toy? Oh yeah, my son now goes. Can you just take me down the toy aisle? Just want to look at him. He goes, that's... I don't want to. <laughs> just want to look at him. That's so great. So then he just starts looking at him. Oh, is that the? 
Oh, let me see that one. And then I got to hand it to him. And then uh, oh, smart. He gets you. Yeah, he tries to trick me into buying them one. I'll say this, man. I got to say this, and, and I'm, 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 I mean this. And this, I don't know how a lot of uh, male listeners on here are going to take this, but I, I think women are stronger than men in a lot of ways, man. I really do. I, I really do. I, I think women are like women are just have the more patience and they get like this inner strength when it comes to like patience and like dealing with stuff like that like men are stronger differently we're physically stronger you know we're logical they're more like emotional so there's differences with men and women of course but I think when it comes down to like if you give a guy two kids if you gave a guy two kids and you said you gotta go full fledged food shopping for the whole house with a three year old and a four year old go and then you took a woman, and you said you gotta go, you know, shopping. Same thing, four, a three and a four year old. A woman's dealing with it better, I think. Yeah. Because the man's just gonna like be like, I can't, you know, like we That's just. That's why the movie Kramer versus Kramer came from. It was the opposite. Another movie the I didn't wife, see. You didn't see it? No. Well, the wife bails and leaves, and then Dustin Hoffman has to raise the kid on his own. Wow. For like a couple years, and then she comes back and says she wants the kid, and then he fights her. Does he win? You want me to tell you what happens? Well, I'm sure he won. I mean, he won a gra- she, he, he won another Grammy. He won an Oscar for that. I didn't can't he? remember because I saw it so long ago. But I think she bails and decides. You know, she thought she wanted a kid, but she sees how what it's in, what it entails, and she realizes I think he would be better with the dad. Uh, so she leaves. So then you're feeling bad for both of them at the end of the movie. So wife thought she wanted a kid. And then she can't get the... Then she oh, realizes man. no, and she's not getting a kid. And now you feel bad for the mom, even though she abandoned her kid. She's still not getting her kid. Being a single mother... Being a single mother... I'm really boring on this podcast, by the way. No, you're not. No, you're not boring. You're you're in, you're in your own head. You're I'm in your really own head. In my own head. You're in your own head. I'm like you're about those spots on the is, ceiling. Is, Did you see those? I think it's leaking in here. No, no, dude. That's you wipe those down, dude. Yeah, but that, you get those. I mean, you got two drops, dude. I know, but I got a new roof up there. Where's that water coming from? Uh, and there's some over there too. What's, what is that? What's all right, just... now you're getting boring. Let me finish this. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing good until you went. Yeah, I thought the Kramer versus Kramer thing was good, and then you just you jumped on your own back. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Katrina, if you are a single parent and you're doing that, uh, you know we commend you. That's that's uh, that's no joke. Uh, I don't know many how many children that you have, but uh, you know just keep your uh, just, just keep your head up and keep doing what you do. Man. And your kids are gonna really appreciate uh, you later. That's when a, they know that their mom went through hell. They're gonna know when they get older. Holy shit, mom did this. When, yeah, when herself. when they reach you know the age of like reason to understand what's going on, and they go, wow, man, you know, mom did that. Like, that's, like, that's awesome, you know, and, and your kids appreciate it. And, and like Joe said, man, we remember everything. I'm, I'm five years, I, I was five years old my parents got divorced, and I recently told my parents certain things that they did that was unacceptable. I just had to. How funny is that? And I know you it's just awesome. remember? No, I was just like, you know, your now that I'm... Like, just, 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 no, like, I, I literally said to both of them at one point, like, recently, and it was, like, a serious hard thing to do, but I had to. What was Just it? because, you know what it is? I'm a spiteful dick sometimes, but, 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 like, there are certain things that you need to know. And I was like, I know this sounds crazy, but I was like, you know, I love them. We have a good relationship, but they can't die unless they know. Like, I can't allow, they need, before they die, they need to know this shit. Mm -hmm. And I was literally like, what you did, you know, we were young, and the way you said this, and the way you were selfish, you know, like a young kid and not realizing you, you know, you didn't put your kids first. I kind of basically told them both that, and, uh... You know, they both were like, you know, they both apologized and said that they did the best they can. And, and you know, 
And I said, well, it wasn't good enough. No, I'm just kidding. I said, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But, you know, I, I'm just, you know, you, you got to, I'm the type of person, man, you got to let it out there. You know I that. I dread the day where my kid comes to me and goes, remember that time you did that? And you pissed yeah. at me. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. That's going to suck. Well, listen, everybody does the best they can and everybody makes mistakes. But there are certain things that I couldn't let go. You know, and I'm not talking anything bad. I'm not talking anything like abusive. Just things that were selfish, things that just were weren't weren't cool. Right. And uh, you know, and they were young, so you got to understand that too. But I just, uh, you know, I had to say it. So, good luck to you, uh, Katrina. Thanks everybody for all the topics. Keep. Uh, I'm gonna do this once in a while. For the most part, um, it's just gonna be the regular podcast. Um, but thank you for uh, everybody. Uh, who, uh, I think your podcast shouldn't is, be called is, The Verzi Effect. It should be called Hello, Everybody. Hello, Everybody. Uh, Thamla Stalkis, uh, Alexis in Montreal, Justin Marcus in Pittsburgh, uh, Joe Massey, New York, Mike Mancini, New York, Chris Italia for being sarcastic with the real estate, <laughs> Susie Martin in Virginia, and uh, Katrina Spears in London. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate uh, all you guys listening, and um, we'll finish up... Uh, we have uh, three more quick segments here. Movies. Perfect Joe Matarese is here. How long uh, have I, been going so far? I have. Uh, we we're all not at an hour yet. Close. Really? Yeah. Seems a like uh, Joe, uh, Jesus, Joe. Guy, <laughs> fucking for you. This guy is so miserable. <laughs> this guy is so miserable and upset about his phone. It's killing me, dude. Like, it's... it's the uh, money's killing me. Like, if I just had money, I could just go buy a new one and sink it right up. Boom. Done. To not to know I don't have the money and like what the hell do I do? Like I have no phone. I'm going to L.A. Monday for four days. I can't you, do that without. I'll no, lose my money. It'll you'll work something out. You'll work something out. Just just <laughs> hang on. Try to not be a shitty guest for another ten minutes. <laughs> Contraband we saw with Mark Wahlberg. Liked it. Uh, thought it was really good. Thought it was. I had a good surprising ending. Uh, Joe went in with low expectations. We saw this together after uh, you did the Levity Live Room. Really low expectations. Because I did the... No, because Joe wanted to see... No, no, Joe, first of all, you care way too much. You care way too much about reviews. And well, what, sometimes you have to care about reviews, like if it gets a 25% approval rate. But, but here's my question to you. You wanted to see Mission Impossible. What... what? I didn't, look, you know, here's the thing. I didn't want to see Mission Impossible. Oh, okay, because I was going to say... You wanted to see a movie, and I saw, like, everything good... That right. was playing at that theater, right? Except for Mission Impossible and Contraband, and then I saw Mission Impossible had ninety percent approval rating, and then um, Contraband had a sixty percent or something. So I was like, "Whoa! If we only have two movies to pick from, let's pick the one that everyone's saying is is good." But what about Mission Impossible's coming attraction was even remotely appealing Nothing. to you? Oh. Nothing. I don't like those movies at Did all. Did you like the harness on his back when he ran down a skyscraper 30 stories, no. running down it? I Ugh. don't like anything except Jeremy Renner's... You, he's you good. Like watching no, he's good. He's really good. He was good. He was great in the town. He was great in some movies. But you know what? I thought this was going to be a typical Mark Wahlberg, you know, what do you think? You're the only guy with a gun? Like, I thought it was going to be that. But you know what? I actually... The ending was good. Uh, wasn't like explosions. Good movie. It wasn't explosions. It was actually, there was a really intense scene uh, with his wife. I thought that there were some really, like, sit on the edge of your seat intense scenes with his wife that kind of made you go, wow, that just happened? Uh, I thought, uh, I thought his, I learned stuff. I actually learned stuff in the movie about what it's like to ship, ship things. Right. Because, you know, those boats that go. What the rules are. What the rules are, how they inspect it, how they go to port. You know, they have to inspect all of the, all of those big tin, like, right. those big tin things. So I learned something that way. Uh, and uh, I guess 
it was really big on drugs. I guess in real life, drugs were a big come part. Guy, guys would go on these boats and put things, yeah, come through on those things, and they yeah. would put them in these secret places. Secret. So. Yeah, secret hiding spots. So that, you know what's funny? The guy who was the, the the head of the newspaper and Superman was in it, and Joe goes, "That guy's in everything." You know, the guy who was the captain of the boat. He was in Superman. I mean, Spider Man. Oh. Okay. He was the head of the newspaper and, and Spider Man. Juno. Yeah, he was in Juno. He was in fucking everything. Yeah, man. yeah. So, he was a baseball player and for love of the game. I know everything. That, that guy's been a lot, but he's good in everything. He was a baseball player for the love of the game. He I guess. was in that. He's the coach of the team in that movie. Did you see For Love of the Game with Kevin Costner? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, that guy's good. Great mustache too. It's so thick. Oh, he's got yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, see, uh, see the movie Contraband. You won't be. Uh, I think it got fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics, but uh, I think it got almost seventy percent from the uh, audience. I liked it. Check it out. Uh, the ending is a little different. Okay, we got sports and unacceptable sports is two games this week. The New York Football Giants. That's at what time on Sunday? That's the last game. Sunday at 6? 6.30. Okay. The New York Football Giants coming off that unbelievable... I was walking... I was pacing around my living room like a middle linebacker during this game. Who we They almost blew it for us. The refs... I don't know if you saw the game. The refs blew a call, a non-fumble call, which even the NFL came back and said it was unbelievably a terrible call. And it seemed like they're doing everything to make the Giants lose this game. I was panicking. Defense was great. Eli was great. And we beat them up bad the whole game. In Green Bay, the 15-1. and Green Bay Packers, 15-1, and Joe. Green Bay Packers, best offense in the league. Giants go in there, take care of business, and are one game away. I wonder if Aaron Rodgers lost his iPhone that day. That's, That's why he played so bad. So you're the type of guy you couldn't do like like if I lost my iPhone and then had to perform right now. I have I, to perform tonight, and I'm worried about it. Yeah, but like, what? Just talk to the crowd about it. Like, what? You're you're gonna get a phone. You know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. What? You wanna know what's gonna happen? You're gonna end up getting another phone, really good phone. Not an iPhone. Not an iPhone. Look, 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 look. He's panicking, folks. I don't he's know how like, to use anything that's not an iPhone. No, you'll get all the things that the iPhone will be able to use, and then uh, you'll get an iPhone eventually again. That's probably what's going to happen. No. no. <laughs> uh, my iPhone was like having a part of me amputated. Uh, the I AFC would've... Championship game is the Baltimore Ravens going into the New England Patriots. Will the defense shut down the potent offense? Now, when, when's that game? That game Saturday? is no. I think they're both. I think they're both Sunday. Oh, they are. I think they're both Sunday. I think Epic. one's at. I think one's at like one, and the other one's at six. Who do you like in the games? From I mean I know you're not really concentrating the way I'm concentrating, but you know I am. I've been watching them. Uh, I think you think Baltimore is going to beat the Patriots. No, I do not. I don't either. I watched Brady in that last game. Yeah. And I almost like got clear stuff on the tip of my dick. Like that's how good he was playing. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be shit. Listen, you threw that one you know, rocket and, and, and you know, and, and somebody, somebody made a great point. Somebody goes, all that hoopla about Tim Tebow and Tom Brady had one of the greatest playoff games in the history of the NFL, throwing six touchdowns for almost 400 yards. It was unbelievable. I agree with so you, hard Joe. Right on the butt. 
Joe, I agree with you 100%. I think the New England Patriots handle business at home. I think they beat the Baltimore Ravens by 7 or 10 points. Uh, I, I do. I think they win by a touchdown. The spread is 7. I like that number. I think that number is perfect. I'm taking the New England Patriots because Tom Brady's going to be too much at home. I think Bill Belichick uh, did his homework on the Ravens. Uh, here's what I'll say about the NFC Championship game, completely being not biased. And I'll say this. I picked, the, I picked the Packers to beat the Giants last week. I was way more worried about that game than I am this game. I'm really glad the Saints lost. Nobody was going into New Orleans to win. San Fran took care of them, which lets us go play on grass, play outside. Our defense is playing unbelievable football right now. I think Alex Smith, the, the, the Alex Smith, the quarterback of the 49ers, I can't see him going to a Super Bowl. I think the Giants are too hot right now. I think Eli Manning is playing at a high level. I think the Giants smell another Super Bowl uh and I think they're going to go in there, and I think they're going to handle business. I think they're going to beat. The, I think they're going to beat San Fran uh, again. I think the Giants will beat San Fran by seven to ten points. Uh, so I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking the Giants and Patriots to have a repeat of what the 2007. It's funny if the Giants go, they're they're rematching because they lost the Super Bowl in 2000 to the Ravens, mm-hmm. and they won the Super Bowl in 2007 to the Patriots. So if the Giants go, they're playing somebody that they played in a Super Bowl uh, in the past decade. Uh, or whatever, twelve years. Uh, I'm taking the Giants. You think the who do you like in the San Fran Giants game? I like the Giants in that game. You do? Yeah. For all the reasons. The Giants are just hot. Like clicking at the right time. They're like the St. Louis Cardinals in the in the, uh, in the baseball. Well, uh, yeah. Playoffs. A lot of people actually compare him to Green Bay last year. Oh, really? well, well, this is what the Giants did in 07. You get hot but the Green last Bay five games. Good, but Green Bay had a good season last year. Yeah, but they really like. But they. Giants had a shitty season. The Gi- think about the it. The Giants They're had very a very mediocre, inconsistent, mediocre season and clicked at the right time. Yeah. Uh, San Fran's got a good defense. It should be a good game, but I like Eli. Did the Giants win the Super Bowl in 2007 Seven. as a wild card team? Uh, that's a great question. I think they did. So they did the same thing? No, yes, they did because the Giants had to go to Tampa, to Dallas, to four-degree weather in the NFC Championship game in, in Green Bay and then play the undefeated Patriots, one of the greatest runs of play, uh, uh, in playoff history to win a championship. Uh, I think Eli. I think that experience will help Eli late in this game. So I'm taking Giants, New England Patriots. <laughs> you uh, into the mic for that one. Yeah, I had to. Uh, and the world of sports, what can I say? That's it for sports. The Knicks are shitting the bed again like they always do, and I can't get excited about them. So, folks, Sixers finally. Sixers here playing great. I'm the, not a basketball fan. The, My brother goes, the, you probably don't even know. The, Philadelphia, the, Philadelphia, are the Philadelphia 76ers are playing some really good basketball with a young team right now, and I don't want to talk about it because they beat my Knicks the other night at the Garden. The Knicks lost again to Phoenix at the Garden. They lost four or five in a row with all this new talent killing me. Um, but... Um, this is going to make you more depressed. The Giants, Patriots, Super Bowl, and the Patriots just kill them. No way. I'm predict- I'm pre- the I'm Giants pre- beat them this year I'm pre- in, in New England. Whatever. I'm predicting the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I predicted Green Bay to repeat in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. I guess the Giants will take the place of that. <laughs> I predict that's going to be a crazy game. Brady's too good. All right, folks, the last thing. The last thing on this Verzi effect. Uh, is this unacceptable? Yes, it is. And unacceptable for the week will be the last piece we do. I and I said is. this, and I made a prediction, and I'm sticking to it. I said this will be, out of all 47 episodes I've done, I've only missed one, only one unacceptable. I missed one unacceptable out of all episodes, and the next you week's unacceptable. One. The next week's 
thought it was me forgetting the week <laughs> How before. Did you forget? I don't know. But this one I think is the funniest, best unacceptable. And you people who know me who know that I am absolutely petrified of flying. Joe Matarese, my guest today, is also not a big fan of flying. On British Airways, this is not a joke, and this happened this week. A British Airways flight overseas over the Atlantic Ocean gave a false alarm to all the passengers where a recording came on. I'm not making, I shit you not, a recording came on to this packed airplane saying, we are going to be making an emergency crash landing in the Atlantic Ocean. To the point where the whole, the whole cabin of people start crying praying because listen folks let's be honest no matter how much they give you those little videos and life vests and your flotation device if they tell you you're crash landing in the freezing atlantic ocean in an airplane going hundreds of miles an hour it, it chances are it's probably over and 30 seconds later after the panic a flight attendant comes out and says, folks, we are really sorry. How did it take 30 seconds? It was, they said it was 30 seconds. It should have been two. 30 seconds. We are very sorry. That was a complete accident. That pre-recording came on by accident. Everybody is fine. Okay? Co the, the unacceptable is... It's almost, is there another word? That is the most... Think about those 30 seconds. Okay? I get scared when I hear, I get scared on an airplane if, like, you know, like when you come in for a landing and it does that little shake, yeah. that little shimmy? Um, I'm going, yeah, and I always say we're coming in hot. We're coming in too hot. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, like, I told you that when I flew into Vegas. Out loud, you like, like in my head, and I'm going, and I actually thought about you one time because I know you're scared, and I go, if Matt Reese just heard me think that, I go, no, we're coming in too hot. We're coming in hot, dude. This thing is going to hit, it's going to hit. Like, I'm thinking it's the war. Oh, yeah, like, I'm God. thinking it's, I'm going, we're coming in too hot so i get nervous with that i get nervous like you said rain you know once we get above the rain they told passengers joe what would you do thank god if, if you were the one guy the most unacceptable during that this thank is god you missed it the, the most unacceptable no but it's probably like one of those i don't think it was like a, it was a it, no it probably wasn't like boom ladies and gentlemen we're gonna be making no it was, it was probably like a, a probably like a assume crash positions alerts alarms probably went off i would have shit my pants puked cried the most unacceptable, unacceptable in history. So they're sending everybody a letter of an apology. A letter of an apology. You better send me. First of all, I don't know if I'm getting on another plane. You getting on another plane if that happens? I got no choice. And the funny thing is those people looked out the window knowing it's just water. Like there's no... Like we're making an emergency crash landing in the Atlantic Ocean. The most unacceptable. That is unacceptable to a level... Okay, that's more unacceptable than this Captain Francesco Scatino jumping in a lifeboat, which I just think is more hilarious than anything. Seeing the captain of a ship sitting in a lifeboat with civilians and he said he fell in it. That's hilarious. But unacceptable British Airways, what you did to those poor people. They, uh, the people were freaking out, crying, scarred for life. Uh, that is, yeah. Some sort of free flights. Round trip. On the most expensive flight they have. First class. Round trip on the most expensive flight they have first class. That's right. Something. Something epic to make up for that. Yeah, that's a okay, you send a... British Airways sends a limo to my house, picks up my family, okay? Buys us new luggage. That the well, British you Air might not want to fly again, though. So. No, but if British Airways <laughs> came to me and said, listen, we're going to buy you all new luggage on British Airways, all new top-of-the-line luggage. We're going to send a limousine to your house, pick up your family. We're going to take you to dinner. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take you to dinner. We're gonna do all that. Then you get on the airplane. We're gonna escort you on fast service through security. We're gonna put you in first class. Drink anything you want. You're gonna go out there and same thing on the way back. 
we, we it's completely unacceptable. Then I might be able to go. All right, you know what? They're they're making up for it. That's thousands of dollars. You know what I you mean? You know what you need to do is your impression that I've been making you. I made you do on my podcast. What? The guy from Goodfellas talking to Paulie. Oh, if I the, if I called up British Airways, you, you need to call. Uh, what are we talking about over here? You know, I'm scared. My family's sitting here. Come on, Paulie, <laughs> or whatever. Come on, Nigel. Whatever the guy's name. <laughs> whatever the guy's I just name. Wrote you a new bit. Yeah, you know, you, you guys know the the character he's talking about. The guy who was sitting there and he goes, "I mean, I'm scared. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna end up in some trunk or something, you know?" And then and he goes, "Hey." Listen, Tommy's a crazy kid. We only do kill the guy. He goes, it might not be such a bad idea. And then, and then Paulie looks at him real serious. He goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But what are we talking about over here, Paulie? <laughs> I think you do that impression perfectly. That's hilarious. That's that impression. is uh, British. What's that guy's name? I forgot. I forgot. Uh, Joe DeRosa actually worked for him. And he said he talked like that on the phone. Yeah, he he was talking story. about the budget. He goes, "What do you want me to do? They, they only have a certain amount of money. You know, that's all we got." And he said it was. He, Joe DeRosa said he was talking to that guy for real. Like, how hilarious is that, uh, folks? That's unacceptable. British Airways, are you shitting me? Can't happen. It's just, it's just way too much. Um, thank you to everybody who sent in uh, questions. Thank you to my guest, Joe Matteris, for being on. I know that uh, he's been thinking about his uh, iPhone for the past hour and 12 yeah, minutes. It was a pleasure. Uh, see Contraband. Go Giants. Uh, enjoy your NFL football Sunday. Uh, I have some big announcement, uh, or hopefully, uh, not a big announcement, but I'm doing something that could be pretty big for me that I will mention pretty soon. Uh, either way, whatever happens with it, it was a great experience. I will be talking about that on episode 48. Uh, so uh, that's it for uh, for Paul Verzi, Joe Matteris, the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. Uh, Can I get the plug in anything? Yeah, we're going to do uh, plugs. Jody, what do you got coming up? Um, go listen to my podcast. You were on the last one. It was an amazing one. It was actually it was a really good really podcast. Good one. Go check it out. Uh, Fixing Joe with Joe Matteris in iTunes. Which episode was that? Episode 4. 54 episode 54 Your name's uh, in the credit available for available for free on itunes yes. as as this is available uh download them both on itunes one fixing joe and one. the verzi effect this will be up tonight tonight so uh we on chelsea lately tuesday night at 11 o'clock on e nice that's the 24th of january and i'll be in new york city at gotham comedy club headlining five shows february 3rd and 4th and then uh, valentine's day at levity live in palisade center mall if you want to take somebody on a good date, come and see me live at Levity Live. Uh, Levity Live is a new comedy club that I actually met Joe at in the Palisades Mall, and it looks like they could do an HBO special there. Truly a beautiful, beautiful sound system, beautiful stage. Um, my plugs are... Uh, actually, you know what? I just updated all my dates on paulverzi.com. I'll be at uh, Stand Up New York in New York City uh, really soon. I'll be Dangerfields. Uh, the end of the month, I will be at uh, Wisecrackers Comedy Club in State College, Pennsylvania. Um, so check all that stuff out. And um, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll uh, talk to you guys on episode 48 uh, next week. Appreciate the listeners and download it for free on iTunes, also available on Podbean. Thank you.